Welcome to Relationship Workout for Many, podcast dedicated to helping men be intentional in choosing a better partner and being a better partner for the person they choose. Season 11, Episode 3, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. In John Gottman's book, Why Marriages Succeed or Fail, he describes four specific weak conflict strategies that fall into the slippery slope category, taking a relationship further toward a black hole increasingly filled with drama and unhappiness. He calls them the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and they are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. These four strategies create a slippery slope toward relationship sabotage because they tend to snowball. It begins by responding to conflict with criticism as the angry person attacks the other. Eventually, this criticism escalates into contempt as the attacks turn into basically calling the other person an idiot in one form or another. Criticism and contempt then escalate into defensiveness by the person on the receiving end as well, few people want to be attacked and called an idiot. Eventually, the defensiveness escalates into stonewalling as the person on the defensive stops caring and refuses to have any more meaningful dialogue. At this point, communication is killed, which is vital to resolving issues. The relationship has now been set adrift into disconnection. So let's take a closer look at each one. Weak conflict strategy number one, criticism. Criticism is about attacking the person, often by blaming, versus complaining about a particular behavior or event. When one criticizes, this person escalates a concern over a particular issue into an attack on the other person's personality or character. Put another way, criticism is usually a more general negative comment versus a specific comment about a specific issue that the criticizing person wants to discuss. When criticizing, the word you is often used, like you never take me out, or you're cheap, or you're going to kill me with your driving, or you're always late, or you're terrible in bed. By contrast, when complaining, I is often used to express displeasure. Examples are, I'd really like to go out more often, or I'd like to talk about our budget so we can look at perhaps buying a few things I'd really like. Or, I'm concerned that your driving might be a bit too fast. Or, I really like to talk about how we can be more on time when getting together. Or, I'm feeling we need to talk about how we make love, and I have some ideas on how we can add some spark to our lovemaking. Criticism can also contain should, passing negative judgment to the partner. Say things like, you should take me out more often, or you should drive more carefully, or you should know what you're doing when we have sex. Finally, criticism can also be an accusation that the other person is untrustworthy. Examples are, your dangerous driving really amazes me, or you would rather eat fancy dinners than make sure our children are fed, or I told you I'm unhappy about our sex life and you just continue to let me down. Nothing has changed. The second weak conflict strategy is contempt. Contempt is fundamentally about not respecting your partner. As Gottman writes, quote, what separates contempt from criticism is the intention to insult and psychologically abuse your partner. With your words and body language, you're lobbying insults right into the heart of your partner's sense of self." End quote. When there's contempt, negative thoughts about one's partner prevail. Much of the good stuff once felt in the relationship gets lost, tossed into the love dump to be replaced by a lot of drama-provoking negativity. 
When there's contempt, compliments vanish, while gnarly abusiveness makes the headlines. Here are some of the most common signs of contempt. One, insults and name calling. Names like saying, oh, you're such a bitch or an ass or a jerk or a sociopath. And even more creative insults are used to describe one's supposed partner. Two, hostile humor. Insulting jokes are made at each other's expense. Three, mockery. Subtle trashing of the partner happens as he or she is verbally made fun of and ridiculed. The message sent is one of lack of respect and trust. Mockery is even more biting when spewed in front of family and friends. Four, body language. This is the subtlest of contempt and involves facial signs of disgust, such as sneering, rolling of the eyes, and curling of one's upper lip. Basically, you get the look that broadcasts in no uncertain terms that you're an absolute idiot. Contempt can become wickedly harmful to a relationship as it sends a clear signal that respect is gone. If you find you or your partner falling into contempt, you too might be well advised to cease and desist before things get really ugly. Weak conflict strategy number three, defensiveness. When there's criticism and contempt, defensiveness often follows. Let's say your supposed partner has just gone on the warpath criticizing you and or spitting nasty contempt in your direction. If you're feeling unjustly accused and attacked and have an ounce of dignity, then going defensive could be as natural as wincing after hitting your thumb with a hammer. This is one reason defensiveness can become so destructive. You may feel justified in being defensive. After all, you may very well be innocent of any wrongdoing. Besides, you do deserve to be treated with respect. However, no matter how justified you may feel playing the victim, defensiveness is a fundamentally weak anger play as it blocks potential communication. Here are six signs of defensiveness that Gottman identifies. One, denying responsibility. Regardless of the accusation, pleading innocence takes over before talking through the issue. Yes, the way the issue was expressed may be weak, but this doesn't mean you're justified responding to weak anger behavior with more weakness. Play it strong and explore the charge fully before responding defensively with a no. Two, excuses, excuses, excuses. Stuff beyond your control led you to your behavior. It wasn't my fault, you say. You probably find it annoying when lame excuses are thrown your way. Don't find yourself resorting to lame excuses either. Three, cross-complaining. This is where you respond to your partner's complaint with a completely different complaint of your own. You've basically changed the subject so you can avoid addressing the other person's issue. Four, rubber complaint. This is where you counter a complaint with the same complaint directed towards your partner. Again, you've strategically avoided talking about the issue from your partner's perspective. If nothing else, wait your turn before leveling the same complaint. Five, yes but. This is where you agree to the complaint, but you throw another complaint back out in response. You say something like, yes, but you did fill in the blank. Six, repeating yourself. Instead of trying to understand your partner's point of view, you keep repeating yours. This can get very tiring for all parties involved. Defensiveness is about trying to be safe against perceived attack. However, if open communication becomes blocked, then fundamental issues will be difficult to resolve. If this happens, all ultimately lose in the defensive exchange. And weak conflict strategy number four, stonewalling. 
When stonewalling shows its ugly face, a complete breakdown in communications happen. Basically, stonewalling happens when one or both parties in the relationship have ceased to engage in talking with the other. Of course, every once in a while, all relationships can melt down to the point where the couple needs to take a short break from talking about the issue with each other. For instance, taking a time out once the anger is threatening to get out of control can be a very healthy step to take. However, a timeout implies coming back to continue the dialogue sometime later. What I'm talking about here is a situation where the relationship reaches a habitual level of silence. In summary, one or both people have given up trying to communicate. You might say things like this to yourself. Well, what's the point in talking to her? She never listens to my point of view anyway. Or, well, why should I express what's going on for me? She never takes ownership and often just turns my openness around and uses it against me. Or she says something like, I don't want to be so touchy-feely and talk about our relationship. When one completely withdraws from an argument, it just makes things worse. Nobody likes to be on the receiving end of a person refusing to talk. It's just, it just feels crappy and frustrating. As well, refusing to talk about things doesn't magically make the issue go away. Quite the contrary, often what happens is the one on the receiving end of the stonewalling, well, they just get more upset. Actually, Gottman says that 85% of the time, men are the ones who stonewall. So don't you think it's time we men quit this sabotaging weak behavior and try to always keep the avenues of communication open, regardless of how relationship weak we think our partners are behaving? Having said all that, if you're with someone who consistently gets triggered and refuses to own her own stuff, making fruitful dialogue nearly impossible, well, then you have a decision to make, especially if you're still only in the dating phase. You most likely have a relationship that's teetering on miserable to just tolerating each other. And is, is this what you want for your life partnership? It also helps to understand that there's a consistent theme weaved throughout each of these four weak conflict strategies called negative thinking. And that's the topic of our next episode. Mm -hmm.